Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. members individually and god has appointed these in the church first apostles second prophet um third teachers after that miracles then gifts of healings helps administrations variety of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all interpret but earnestly desire the, the best gift Ephesians 4 we read Ephesians 4 also last week. I want to bring you this one, then we can continue. And I started reading from verse number 11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So until we start working the ministry, ministry simply means serve. Until we start doing the work of ministry, the body cannot be edified. What does it mean to edify the body? To build the body up. And that's why last week I told you that if you don't show up in church one day, do you know what you have done? You are not helping to build up the church. You are contributing to the depletion of the church. Because every one of us, we have a role to play even to the growth of this, this minute church, this church that we are part of, we are all supposed to be part of the larger picture. And the question is, what is your role? What are you doing? Go to Acts chapter 4. Now, the first thing I want you to look at, the first thing... I want you to see when it comes to what you can do. Is that one of the things you can do to help the church grow is through your giving. It's one, that's one of the things you do. I'm going to talk about other ones, but I want to start with this one. Acts chapter 4. Oh, no, listen. Wait. Holy Spirit said I should read this one first before I come to Matthew 6. Uh, Matthew 6. Because I was supposed to have said something. Now, Matthew 6. I read from verse 28. Matthew chapter number 6 from verse 28. Before we go to Acts 4. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 28. See. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, verse 31, 
what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things that Gentiles they seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And he went on to conclude and say, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Amen. So he said, do not worry. Now, the point is this. The point that I'm going to make, that would tie up with this verse and the one we're going to read in Acts chapter 4 is that don't come to church mainly because of what you are seeking. Mainly because of what you are looking for. And that's the attitude of many, many Christians. They go to church because, oh, I need marriage, I need a job, I need a house, I need this, I need this, I need that. And then they go to church and because of that, they forget to contribute their part. What you are looking for is triggered by what you do. You didn't hear what I said. What you are looking for. Ask for. Maybe you understand me better. From verse 32. Acts chapter 4 from verse 32. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. Verse 34. Can we all read it together? I want to go. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things they were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And the verse 36 is very important. It says, And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement a Levite of the country of Cyprus having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet. Amen. This is so powerful. Now, do you know why the Holy Spirit allowed Joseph's story to be told? Not Joseph. Joseph. Do you know why? Because he was a Levite. And the Levites, according to the law of Moses, those days when they went to church, as for them, they don't even give. They, they are the ones who receive the tithe. So they are waiting for the people to give offerings and then they will have their share in the offering of the temple. You see? So whatever, because the, the Levites did not have a possession on the promised land. They, God did not give them a land. But because they were workers in the temple, God said that their share of the inheritance is in the temple because of what they were tasked to do in the temple. Now, pay attention. 
So ideally, and that is why God was angry with the children of Israel if, when they failed to give their tithe. Because when they failed to give their tithe in those days, it means that one tribe, one group of people out of the twelve, they were denied of what is rightfully theirs. Because the Levite did not have inheritance. They did not have a land. Joseph had a land. Reuben had a land. All of those people, that, all, God, all of them had a land on the promise in, in, in Canaan. But Levites, they were not given anything because they were servants in the church. They were tasked to, they were like the ushers. They were tasked and the musicians, they were tasked to do things in the church. Now listen. But when, they, when this guy met Jesus, and became born again. Somebody who ideally would go to church and will be monitoring the people who are giving offerings so that he would know what to collect. He went to sell his land and brought the money to the apostles and said, this is my contribution. Because now we are one body. We are a new church. We are not like the old. Because the previous church, quote unquote, that is the Old Testament church, people had to bring their money so that some of us will enjoy but now, as a Levite, I'm also bringing my, my, my part. So that now, share it. So that there will be nobody who lacks anything. You see now. So ideally, there are people in the church who lacks. But all those people also contributed. Even if your portion is small, you bring it. If your portion is big, you bring it. And then the apostles distributed. So that there was equity. So nobody lacked anything. Are you getting the preacher now? That is the work of the church. That is the picture of the true church. The church is a place where we all work. We all do something. We give so that there, if anyone who lacks something can also have something. One of the things I, one of the things really sometimes gets very uncomfortable. When people would like, would ask you of something and you don't even have to give to the person. It's one of the things that it's so uncomfortable. But this is the role of the church. The church, we are supposed to be a people where we make sure that no one lacks anything. Are you getting it now? Because if, if we, we allow a part of the church to be lacking, that means that the whole church, we are in trouble. Then we are not acting as one body. But you see, there are some people today in the church, they don't care about anybody. They come to church, God, I need marriage. That's why, in fact, they are doing whatever they think they are doing because of what they are looking for. Some of them will not even, they will not, they will not do anything. Come to church, sit down, close, they share the grace, away they go. They don't even care. They don't care. They don't pay attention to the environment. They don't care. Maybe they'll see a brother and the dress that the person is wearing is not very good. They don't even care. They don't care. If this is what you bring it. But the thing is that, yes, this is what the person has. Do you think the person will not dress better if you could help? Maybe the person could dress better. Do you think the person cannot give the same offering you are giving if you could help? This is the work of the church. The church is not, oh, I go to Assemblies of God. I go to Pentecost. Uh, uh, uh. What makes a church, I told you last week, what makes a church is what you do. You cannot say you are part of a church and you don't do anything. It's not possible. 
The fact that you show up is not enough. The fact that you come to church is not enough. What, what shows that you are part of a church is what you do. Tell your neighbor, what shows you are part of a church is what you do. Because if the eye says, I refuse to see, what do you think will happen? And I asked you last week, if the heart says, I, won't, I don't feel like pumping blood today. I don't feel like pumping blood. I'm tired. I'll be, you know the heart can, can pump like how many times per second? Like, is it 100 or something like that? I forgot. Per second. Pumping blood. So that your body can be working. Imagine the heart says, Charlie, since the one you were born, I've been pumping blood. I'm tired. Let me rest for today. Which part of your body can be pumping blood? And you know the blood is what carries the oxygen. So if, ox if blood is not flowing, oxygen is not flowing. Which means we are dead meat. Amen. See, that is why you cannot say that, ah, me, Charlie, today I'm tired. I don't feel like going to church. It's the most useless statement you can ever make. If I'm not just useless, foolish statement. Imagine, imagine me, your pastor. I say that me, I won't come to church today. Imagine you came to church and I'm not here. I didn't tell uh, prophet or pastor anything. I just didn't show up. Do you think everything will be normal here? You'll be confused. They'll be calling me. Oh, apostle, are you coming? What should we do? Should I do church? They will not know what to do because I didn't even tell them that I will not be coming. I just didn't show up. I decided I am tired. Let me also rest. I won't come to church. And I didn't say anything to them. There'll be chaos here. All that maybe he will do is you pray for like one hour, you close and you go. Because there is no communication. I didn't tell. But you can find church members who just not come to church. They will not show up. And they are okay. You go and ask them, why did you come to church? Oh, apostle, uh, for like three months now, I have not washed. So you didn't find a better day to wash than a day that you are supposed to play your role in church. Oh, so I, I had to go and wash. I told you the last time that, listen, whatever you are doing in this world, plan your life around your work with God and not your work with God around what you do. It is the only way you will see the glory of God. Me, if I want to travel, there's no way you will see me traveling on a Friday or Saturday. It's not possible. Why? Because we have church service on Friday. We have church service on Sunday. Mostly. I don't even remember the last time I traveled. I'll, if I'll travel Monday. Monday. Monday is my favorite day. I'll travel on a Monday. But for me to travel on Friday or Sunday or Saturday... For me to miss church. No. I'll finish church before I go. Because I know that I have a role to play. Amen, somebody. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. I read from verse number one. Chapter, sorry. Second Corinthians chapter eight. From verse number one. Second Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1. It said, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you 
the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So the churches there, they were not only one church. The whole Macedonian churches put together. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we heard Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete his disgrace in you as well. Amen. You know, when it comes to giving, giving is an attitude. It's not what you have. Giving is an attitude. It's not what you have. In other words, if you have the attitude of giving, maybe even if you have small, because that grace of giving is upon you, you will give, even if it is small or it is big. But if you don't have the attitude of giving, you might think what you have is not enough. So I cannot give. But the truth is that, let me tell you, that your one is, is greater than zero. Somebody doesn't even have anything. So you might think that one cannot do something for somebody. But that one can do something. If you can give one, give. If you can give hundred, give. If you can give thousand, give. If you can give a million, give. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give, you give. Because the grace of giving is independent of what you have. Why? Because your contribution to the body would ensure that the body grows up very well. If you are not doing anything in the church, you, you don't give. You, you don't participate in any event. Always giving an excuse. When you do that, you realize that you are affecting the general growth of the church. And that's why I asked you last week. If you don't come to church today, and then next week you come to church, and you don't find people not in church, do you have the right to be asked, why did people not come to church? You don't have that, you don't have that right. Because you yourself, you are, you are a corporate of what you are wondering or asking people about. But what you do, you see, the moment you, you like, you start giving. You understand that, ah, okay. If somebody even doesn't have something to give, then it's probably because the person doesn't have. You see, you will move to a level of understanding more when you have a role to play. Do you get what I'm saying? If someone comes to take this microphone and cannot teach or cannot do the service like the way I would do it, I'm in a better position to understand because 
not many people can stand in front of people to talk to them. And even if you can stand in front of people to talk to them, not many people can put together words to communicate. Some of you, because I've been doing it and doing it, you think it's normal. One day when you come and stand, you realize that, ah, so it's not a joke. When you see people looking at you like, they, they look at you like, sometimes, see, that's why if you are preaching, you, you can't just look at one person's face. You look here, 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 you look here. Because some of, when you look at this person's face, the way the face is, if you are not careful, you just drop the microphone and go. So you look here, then you balance it here, you balance it there. Because this one is too serious, this one is, you don't, you don't know what they are thinking about. What are they? Perfect. So, you see, that's why I mean, when I'm leading prayers, I close my eyes. Because I don't want to see some things. Praise the Lord. But if you have not been here before, you will not understand all these things. So you see, it is hard for you to understand what someone is going through if you have not even tried to do to some level what the person is trying to achieve. Amen. So giving is one of the important things to do in the body of Christ. Are you here? Giving is so important. If you are not giving, there's a problem. Tell your neighbor, if you are not giving, there's a problem. Come on. Second, go to the next chapter. Second Corinthians 9, 7. Probably let's start from. Let's start from verse um, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not gradually. Or of compulsion or necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. You see, that's why I told you that giving is an attitude. It's an attitude. The same way when you see someone and you are happy to see the same person. The person. It's the same way when you are giving. If you are giving out of cheerfulness. Okay? You do it without complaining. Gradually means complaining. There are some people before they will give even their 10 cities to you. They will first insult you. They will insult you then, then, then they will give you the 10 cities. And they will give you a warning on top. You see these 10 cities that I'm giving you? Don't come back again. <laughs> That is not a cheerful giver. That is a grudging giver. Ask your neighbor, are you a cheerful giver or a grudging giver? Now, this part of this verse, many people don't see it. But I want you to see it today. Mark the verse 8 in your Bible. Verse 8. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound, may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. May God make all grace abound towards you. As a giver, may God make all grace abound towards you. You see, you see the verse 8 also um, points the picture of how God doesn't want people to lack in the church. He said, listen, you are abound in every good work. You are, all the grace will abound towards you. And then you are abound in every good work. In other words, God doesn't want you to
to lack. And he doesn't want the person you are giving to, to also lack. So God wants a very plain level field. That is God. That is the beauty of the church. In fact, like, if they are looking for a place where there should be no poor person, it should be in a church. I'm telling you, poor people should be able to come to church and leave church. Okay. But what do we see now? The thing has turned. I get in a whole thing. Yeah. We must, we must come to the point where we understand the importance of church. Because you see, when we all have that understanding of the church, we're able to move forward. The of God dwell in the body of Jesus. You and I, we are in the body of Jesus. So if that body, eh, if the body is not poor, then it means that the members of the body should not be poor. It's not, it's not logical. Because what, what makes up the body is represented by the individual members. It's represented is made up of the individual cells, right? So what makes up the entire body of Christ is the individual members in the body. So it is in the church that you and I we must hold each other's hand and make sure that all of us will prosper together. Not one person prospering more than the other, but all of us will hold our hands and pro- too many people are wicked. I always, I always ask that question. I always tell you, okay, you see, let me tell you a, a very true story. When I was in Elmina, there was a pastor. I, I think he has even, he's even dead. One day, he, he, he started his church in um, like the bush. Not a fellowship, a proper church in a bush. So, Regina, just like how that your pastor used to be doing. So, he cleared the bush and put the the um, palm branches and those things. And that's where they were, they were having their church. And a lot of people, it was one of the biggest church in Elmina. So one day they asked him, ah, you, you have people coming to church. Why don't you build, you know, church building and do things? And the man doesn't even have a car. He walks to church. And when they asked him that, he said, you want me to build a church, a building? You see that my church is made up of a lot of um, fishmongers, the women. Do you know why they are here? Because when they give their collection, I give it to them to go and do business. <laughs> and because of that, some of them, they don't even go to the juju man again. If they need any help, they come to church. So you see, I don't have space in the budget to go and build a church building now. If they are coming under their shed, so be it. If it is raining, there are days that when it is raining, they will still be under the thing and the rain will beat them. And they will still be having church. Come to Accra here and have church service and the rain is beating you. The next week, nobody will come to church. No one will come to church. You, I, I have come to church and if you let the rain to beat me, you, don't, you didn't provide a cover. That's all. The church has collapsed. No one will come to church. But when you go to those places, it's not why if you want to see real ministry, sometimes... When we are in a city like this, we don't see it though. We don't see it. Ah, those days when I was, I, I started a church in the village. The, when the people are going to farm, Apostle Yakwabo, they will they will come to where I was. They will come and greet me. 
And when they are coming back home, they'll bring the cassava. They'll bring their plant. Oh, Abaso, when the control me about before see, when I was in that place, I never spent money to buy food. I cry here. Come and do ministry. And see if somebody will carry something, come and give to you. Adamusro, what did you hear? See the mentality. So sometimes you realize that churches do very well in the in the villages. Oh, churches do well. I'm telling you. When you go to those places, you enjoy church. Because they are together. Amen, somebody. They are together. They know they know each other. Ah. When you come to the city, everyone is in the suit. Everyone is a catch. Everyone, everyone has their level. Because of Facebook and Twitter. They know what's up. May this be far from you. May you be humble and seek the face of God from today. Are you here with me? Yeah. May all grace abound towards you. I say may the grace of the Lord abound towards you. Two. Apart from giving, what can you do in the church? Preaching the gospel. Mark chapter 16. Mark 16, verse number 15. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and preach. Tell your neighbor, go and preach. Yeah. I told you last week, it's like when it comes to church evangelism, it's like we have to have evangelism team. It's, it's, not, it's not right. Every one of us must be on the field of evangelism. Because we are all members of the body. And this instruction is to all of us. All of us must be out there preaching the gospel. Ask your neighbor, when was the last time you preached? Ask your neighbor, when was the last time? Let them give you an answer. Demand for an answer. When was the last time you shared Jesus with someone? Please turn to your neighbor and ask, 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 ask. I'm asking you, when was the last time? And ask your neighbor, when was the last time you went to look for money? When was the last time were you searching for money? Ask your neighbor, when was the last time were you searching for money? When was the last time? TBK, when was the last time were you searching for money? Yesterday, eh? Uh-huh. When was the last time did you preach? Yeah. Does it even come to your mind? Does it cross your mind? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Preaching or money? Be sincere. God is here. Money. You see? That's where the heart is. See, where the heart is, there's what? <laughs> well, that's where your treasure will be. You wake up in the morning, Charlie, I have to go here and do delivery. Amen. That's what the church has become. Unfortunately. But it says, go into the whole world and preach the gospel. May you receive the grace to preach the gospel to everybody. I say, receive the grace to preach the gospel to someone. In the name of Jesus. 
Some of you, if you start doing it, you will see signs and wonders. Or look at the verse 16. And say, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be, will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly things, it will not harm them. You see, that's what happens when you start doing things. I find people today, they think that, you see, when you are going for evangelism, they are hiding. They are hiding. Hey, hide. Why are you hiding? Are you, are you shy of the gospel? Don't be shy of the gospel. That is your contribution to the growth of the church. Praise the Lord. Romans 1.16 Our time is almost up. Let's, let's round things up quickly. Romans 1.16 It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, verse 17, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. So you should not be ashamed. Turn to anybody and say, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed. Now, First Timothy, last verse here. First Timothy chapter number 2. I read from verse number 1, 1 Timothy chapter number 2 from verse 1. It says, Therefore I exalt first of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So you see, this kind of prayer is for everybody. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Verse 2, For kings and, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Verse number 3, one to go, all of us read. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. God wants everyone to be saved. See, that should be your number one priority in life. Seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness and all other things. This should be your priority. Seeking that someone is saved. You know, imagine you, you preach to 12 people in a year. One person a man. The Bible says, the whole heaven rejoices if one soul is saved. Just one soul. Not 10,000. One! The whole heaven rejoices. You see, and when God is rewarding soul winners, those who are winning, so you don't understand. One of the fastest ways for you to get anything from God is to preach. I'm telling you. It's the fastest. You see, yeah, you can fast, you can pray, you can make all those noise. But if you dedicate yourself that me, at least my agenda is that at least once a month, I want to make sure that one person is saved. You will see the glory of God. This is what the church we are here for. If the church is not preaching, then why are we here? Why are we in this world? What, what, what do we stand for? Do you get my point? What do we truly represent if the church we are not preaching? Nothing. How 
let our church members be ashamed to preach the gospel and tell someone about Jesus. There's no one in this church. I, I don't know anybody. If you are here, I'll pray for you. I don't know anyone sitting in this church today, 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 whom God has not done anything for since you entered into this church. You cannot tell me. If anyone, if there's anyone like that since you joined this church, God has not done anything. Please raise your hands. I'll pray for you. Yet, sometimes we behave like God has not done anything for us. How, come on. How come something like um, betting, sports betting, how come has it become so popular? Someone told someone, someone told someone, someone told someone, Charlie, if you bet, you get money. If you bet, you get money. And it became evangelist of sports betting. Evangelist of sport betting. I saw a video somebody said on social media where someone was in church. If you saw it, I think the person took the video behind, so the guy was sitting now. Pastor is preaching. Matthew chapter so 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 is checking scores on the phone. Very soon we'll ban phone Bibles in this church. You'll come with raw Bible. When you come to church, you switch off your phone, put it aside, and you come with raw Bible. People don't open the Bible again. Open your Bible to social and so they'll open their spot bet up. They are checking scores. In the church. When they shout Amen, Amen. Charlie, you are saying. In the church. Very, very sad. I was telling someone that hey, stop betting. People don't know. Let me just digress one minute. Before you win one bet, you would have staked the bet for like a thousand times. Go, if you like, go to um, YouTube and search for Fibonacci. Fibonacci sequence. That is the formula they use in that. You, are not, you will not waste your time in betting again. And you don't know. People, people don't want to learn. So when, they, hey, when you do this, you get money. Hey, let's go and do it. Before, before, let me use your words, before you chop one, they have chopped you like a thousand times. The church is the best place for you to prosper. Tell your neighbor, the church is the best place for you to prosper. The best place. Preach. It's not too hard. Don't be ashamed. Preach. Amen. Are you here? Preach. And your life will never be the same. Now, the last thing I want us to look at, then we will wrap up, is that what else can you do? Caring for one another. Praying for one another. Caring for one another. Galatians 6. Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6 from verse 1. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Verse 2. Can we all read it together? I want to go. 
bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Did you read it? Did you see that? Bear one another's burden. It didn't say, oh, you should. What does it mean? Burden means someone's troubles. Bear it. Yeah. In the church, there's nothing like midimi fiasem. There's nothing like that. Because we care for one another. We pray for one another. That, that is the beauty of the church. That is the beauty of the church. I remember uh, during the lockdown, you know the church came under serious attack. Because a lot of those churches were not even caring for the members. And some of the members were really struggling. They didn't even have food to eat and all of that. As small as we are, we're able to do something small. But what about the big, big, big ones? The big, big ones should have been able to even say, okay, let me, let me help many more members. But it didn't happen. I told you at the beginning of the year that the truth of the matter is that there is no central bank account in heaven when we collect the offering and thanksgiving and all that we will send it to you see like winners at the end of every week the offering and the thanksgiving they have to send it back to nigeria so that they will centralize the funds and then the local church will keep a percentage it's normal but here on earth we cannot transmit cities to heaven there's no bank account there but the reality is that what we do for one another becomes our bank account amen what we do for one another the, even thinking about somebody and praying for the person contributes to your account amen Many, many people are in a position to help other people. Even in the church. I went to visit a, a, a pastor friend last week. And then whilst we were talking, he said something very, very interesting. And I was, I was like, it's unfortunate. He said he, he got a new land and then he's, trying, he's built something. But he said before he built that structure, he had some six-member board. And one, one lady was a banker. Another one was like, was doing some business. Cut long story short. He took these board members to the land. And he went to show them the land. He said, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to build a structure like this. We want to do this and do this. At least we'll consume half of the land for now. So when the church grows, then we can expand and do this. He went to paint the picture of the vision to them. As soon as they finished the meeting on the land, the bank, banker, the businessman, and another person, they called me and said, you know what, from today, you know, I, we want, I want to withdraw. I, want to, I, I can't be part of the board again. I want to withdraw. What were they thinking? I'm sure the pastor is not working. He doesn't have money. So this big picture that he was painting, Whose money is he going to ask for? He will come to them. So you're a banker. Oh, bring. So because they didn't want to contribute 
they left the pastor to hang and dry. But God was faithful. When I went there, he's managed to build something really beautiful. Fully air-conditioned. Modern equipment. How did the money come? God made a way. May God make a way for you. You know, sometimes, that's why Jesus told them. He said, if you will not worship me, I will tell the stones to worship me. Sometimes you think that if you don't do it, nobody can do it. But God will raise somebody that is greater than you. And you will lose. All those people, they don't know that they are losing. They don't know. Don't never have that mentality that if me I don't do it, nobody can do it. It's the most foolish thing you can think because beyond you, God will raise somebody. If today I'm no more the pastor here, do you think God will not raise somebody among you to be the pastor? Somebody will come. Maybe better than what I do. I'm not that naive to think that, oh, I, I am, I am all. Oh. The mistake of what Elijah did. Elijah was running away. He said, God, I am the only prophet that is left on the land. And this woman wants to kill me. God said, hey, hey, Elijah, you are boasting. Don't, don't rush. Don't boast. I have 7,000 more prophets who have not bowed their knees to Balaam. You are not the only one. In his mind, he thought he was the only one who has not bowed to the idol. But he said, there are 7,000 more people who have not done the same thing. So don't boast. Sometimes you think that you are the only one who is doing what you are doing. But God has somebody even greater than you. Just that God has not allowed that person to come because you are there. Move and see. God will bring that person. So we have to be very humble. And for what we are doing in the church, let us take it as a privilege. It's a privilege that I am here pastoring. If not for God calling me, like some of you, maybe I, don't even, I will not even know in my lifetime. If not for this work I'm doing, maybe some of you, I will never have met you ever in my lifetime. So why should I take it like, oh, because I can teach well. No, 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 no. I've been making the biggest mistake. You think I can teach well? You also hear some man of God teaching. I said, ah, I thought Apostle can teach, but Chalobisu Shaho. Yes. Yeah. That's how this life is. Never think that you are, you are all that there is. Don't make that mistake. Don't make, tell anybody, don't make that mistake. See, when you think like this, you always remain humble. And that is why you always want to show up and do something for the Lord. Amen. Are you there? Um, let, let me read. Um, let's. Ephesians 6. This will be our last. Probably our last but one verse. Are you there? I, I wanted us to get a contest, but let's read verse 8. Ephesians 6 verse 8. Can we all read it together? One to go. Are you there? Alright, let's read it together. One to go. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's a slave or free. So it is God who rewards, not man. When you do something for someone and you're expecting the person to pay back in another kind way, you'll be missing it. Whatever good you do, 
you receive from the Lord, not from man. Remember what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? It said that he that lended to the poor has done what? Has lended to who? God. So you think that you are lending money to the poor, but actually God is behind the scene. He's the one taking the money. You have helped somebody, but God is behind. So it is God who will now reward you. And that is why when you are doing something for someone, don't expect. Jesus taught us in the book of Matthew. He said, when you are giving something, when you borrow someone money, don't expect the person to pay back. Why? Because you are giving to God. So it is God who will pay you back. It is God who would give you the reward. See, that's why a lot of times we have done things for people, they have paid us with evil. Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith has done many evil to me, but may God pay him according to his works. So it is God who will pay all of us. And it's God who will pay all of us. People think that it's a curse. It's not a curse. So it's, it's a literal thing. God will pay you. Whatever you do, God will pay you. Tell your neighbor, whatever you do, God will pay you. God will pay you. God will pay you. If you do good, he will pay you. do bad, too, you pay you. Simple. Uh, you, want, you want to see Galatians 5? Go to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. Oh, no, sorry. Galatians 6. I always wrap this in 6. Galatians 6. It says, Galatians 6, 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Verse 7. Let's read it together. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Did you see that? As for the verse 6, we can't even talk about it again in the church. We are even afraid to talk about it. How can you tell church members to sort the pastor out? It's not even possible. In this world, in, this, in the world we are today. My friend was telling me that he will finish church service. When you go and see what he has done, very beautiful but simple. He'll finish church service and people are sitting in the church. And you see a church like that and sometimes the offering is like 250 cities. A church that is bigger than us in size. 205. Just last week. And then he has a bill of like 2,000 cities to pay. So you ask yourself, the people who come to church, what did they come to do? <laughs> and then some members will be sitting down there and they will be like, ah, the pastor has money. And they will be calculating on our head. And they don't even know if the pastor has eaten or he has not eaten. They don't even care. They don't even care. And you see, they always will come to church. If the pastor does not lay hand on them, they will get angry and they will leave. Ah, pastor didn't prophesy to me. Somebody called me from Nigeria last, today is what, Sunday. Saturday, yesterday, called me from Nigeria and said, man of God, I want you to pray for something for me. Pray. See, do you know what I'm saying this thing? This same person called me some months ago and said, man of God, 
It's like God is telling me to sow a seed. I want to get the seed and then I'll send to you. I said, okay, if you say God said so, maybe if you say God said, I don't have any argument. I didn't ask you. And then when, the, when he called, he said, man of God, you see that thing that I told you, I have not forgotten, but I have another agent situation. Please pray for me. Ah, so when the call dropped, I was like, sometimes how do these people, they think? How do they even think? Yeah, they don't even think. <laughs> that was, it's serious. Robert, some of us, the things that we go through, we, we have no idea. When you meet certain men of God behind the scene and you are chatting, then you realize that there's, uh, uh, from, from there, together with him, we went to meet another prophet, Ishmael. I don't know that you know him, Ishmael. A very good friend of mine, but we've not met in a long time. Is it apostle? As I'm sitting here, I want my wife and my children to leave Ghana. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> say, prophet, hey, man of God. I won't say the things that he said. Galatians 6 6. People will read Galatians 6. When they get to that verse, they will mark it and they will jump to the next one. Let's care for one another. Tell your neighbor, care for one another. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm saying, you cannot be part of a church and then you just don't show up. You, you don't take part in what we are doing. If your smallest contribution will go a long way to help somebody. There are some, there are some things people cannot, they cannot share their stories with you. They cannot, say, they cannot tell you what they are going to do. But don't assume that everyone too is okay. As a child of God, like Jesus, always be discerning. And look, ask people, ask people. When you meet a church member, how are you? Is everything okay? Do you have a job? Are you working? Are you schooling? Are they, see, ask certain questions. So the person will feel that, oh, okay, 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 I'm okay. Who are you okay? You see the way the world, the wind in the world is blowing. This is a time for the church to be one. One of the things that would increase Jesus, the chance of Jesus coming quicker, is the unity of the same. Ephesians 4, when we read it. Unity, oneness of the body. As it stands now, if you go on social media today, people are arguing about Bible versions, translations. In the body of Christ, there's no unity. We are arguing about whether King James is better than Amplified or unnecessary argument. People are arguing whether uh, Roman is the best church or whatever is it. We are arguing over foolish things. And we have left the core principle of the church. We've put that one aside. We've put that one aside. May God help you. I say, may God help you. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com. 
or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.